Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 239 of the Canadian Football Countdown. A proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network and the Alternative Football Network. Ryan and Trey here with uh, another CFL offseason roundtable for you. We've had a lot of news from the past week to discuss. It's been a busy week heading towards CFL free agency, and uh, we've also got a big announcement uh on today's show that we'll get to in a couple of moments uh but first welcome in trey how are you doing today doing good ryan um yeah i i I was i was happy with our not so cold winter man but the last few days and the snow and i mean better than buffalo and kansas city but i mean still pretty cold so uh, i'm doing okay though you yeah, much the same. Uh, I could do without this cold, but uh, you know what? I'll take it for a couple weeks and not four months. Uh, so uh, here's to what's been so far a mild winter up until now. Uh, yeah, that was crazy in Buffalo. People cleaning off the cleaning off the seats, uh, sitting on piles of snow. Even Kansas City, where uh, Patrick Mahomes' helmet cracked from the cold. Uh, crazy yeah. weather for NFL weekend. Some uh, wild games down south there too. Uh, maybe later on and at the end of the show, we'll give her NFL picks for the upcoming oh, games sure. as well. Uh, not a great weekend for me, honestly, in the NFL picks. Uh, we did them on last week's show. I bombed on a lot of those. Uh, yeah, I went 0-2 on Saturday, but finished up 4-0 and Saturday or uh, Sunday and Monday. So I was okay. Not too bad. I, not too bad. I, knew, I knew the Cowboys weren't winning. I, I knew that a mile away. So <laughs> Poor Mike. Poor Mike. Uh, Poor Mike. Yeah. Yeah, the Cowboys, uh, and they're bringing their coach back for another season. They just announced, yes. so no Bill Belichick to the uh, to the Dallas Cowboys, I guess. Uh, yeah, we're gonna go through a number of topics. We've also got some fan questions to go through later on in the show as well. Uh, the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV, which you can learn more uh, by visiting GameTimeTV.ca or Facebook.com/slash GameTimeTVMV. As always, we do want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. If you're looking for additional content uh, on top of our weekly episodes here, or you just want to keep tabs on all the CFL news going on, check out the CFC Discord uh, community. It's free to join. The link is in the episode description. I've been posting all the CFL news in there daily as it comes across my timeline. Uh, So it's your one-stop shop to uh, get all of your CFL news in one place. Before we get into the main uh, episode here, Trey, let's get to our announcement. I've been teasing it on our social media platforms all week. I've been having so much fun with that. We've done it the past couple of years, and it's coming back once again. It's CFL free agent frenzy here on the Canadian Football Countdown. Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, eight straight hours of commercial-free live coverage and analysis of the opening of CFL Free Agency 2024. We're doing it again. We're doing it live. It's going to be a fun day. I'm pumped. Oh, I'm pretty excited too, Ryan. It was a good time last year, a long day. Um, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Good some talk, some football in February. 
Yes, absolutely. We'll go through all the news that breaks down. We'll take a look at the pending free agents still. We'll take a look at the the active rosters, which teams have holes to fill, which teams might be a little more active. And we'll, of course, discuss all the news as it comes out, uh, brought to you by our insider panel, uh, which you'll uh, get to hear more about as we get closer there. We're hoping to get a number of guests in on the show as well. But yes, very excited to bring this back for another year as uh the go-to place for all-day CFL free agency coverage. Uh, we've got you covered that day. So uh, look forward to that and very excited that we are uh, less than a month away from the big event. And yes, this was all the random stuff I was uh, tweeting about this week. If you follow us on social media, my math. The CFC math was not wrong. 2 plus 13 does equal 8 because February 13th is eight hours of live coverage. Let's get to talking. It makes sense to me, Mariah. It makes complete sense to me, man. Oh, yeah? Okay, good. Well, at least the math makes sense. So math checks out for someone. All right, let's get into talking about the news that we have at hand, and uh, I'll put on my best uh, Gary Bettman impression here. We have a trade to announce. Uh, yeah. A rare trade in the CFL, and it's a big one. The Edmonton Elks sending defensive lineman Jake Ceresna along with a negotiation list player to the Toronto Argonauts for uh, uh, receiver Curly Gittins Jr. and a seventh-round pick in the 2024 CFL draft. A massive trade here. Two big names swapping sides. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw the trade? I was a little surprised. I thought that Toronto would maybe want to hold on to Gittins a little bit more uh, the Canadian talent in receiving in the receiver core. You see how valuable that is like a team like Winnipeg having Dembski and Waller Tarski and Oliveira, right? So with Toronto having the American running back and this and that, I thought maybe having a guy like Gittins in the receiving would be good, but Hey, you know, they get a first round pick, right? You said, and uh, I, no, the, the negotiation player, negotiation player. We don't know who that is, right? You know, maybe that's uh, it's uh, it's a running back, Kalen Laborn. Uh, Do I know anything about him? No, but uh, I, I was maybe it was going to be like Claypool or uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, something like that, or who else? Uh, Baker Mayfield, just in case things don't work out in Tampa or something. I have a feeling they'll work out in Tampa. <laughs> Maybe Dak Prescott, because I don't know how long how long he'll be in Dallas, right? But uh, no, I, I was quite surprised. But maybe from a Gittins perspective, it's going to be good uh, linking up with his old buddy. Um, MBT now in Edmonton. I felt maybe he didn't have the same connection with Kelly, so I wonder how much of this might have been a request trade request to some degree. Um, and I, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. Right. I, I love this trade for both sides. Edmonton bringing in, uh, like you said, Curly Gittins Jr. to pair him up with McLeod Bethel-Thompson. He was MBT's number one target in Toronto. They had a great connection. Gittins had over 1,000 yards that season. I believe led to you, I think you may have picked him first overall or he was your keeper in our fantasy draft heading into this last year because incredible talent at wide receiver and a Canadian nonetheless. Tough year for him, though, like you said, though. He, he didn't have a ton of chemistry with Chad Kelly. I think it was more so maybe that Kelly didn't really lock in on a single receiver. Uh, and then he had some injury troubles in there as well that kind of you know hurt his season there. But he gets a chance to go over to Edmonton. This is a team that's you know been, I would say, a little bit weaker in the Canadian receiver department in recent years as well. So it's a huge upgrade for them at that position and that connection with 
Bethel Thompson. I really like that. It is a tough price to pay, though. Defense lineman Jake Ceresna, I think, is one of the best pass rushers in the entire CFL uh, and has been a mainstay on that Edmonton D-line for a number of years. So it's tough to lose that for them, but I think they need to focus on getting the offense back on board because Chris Jones' defense is, you know, he'll he'll find an athlete to go plug in there that's going to make the plays happen on defense. Um but a bit of a loss there to make up a big gain at receiver for Toronto. I think Gittins became ex- uh, expendable. Is that the right word? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, this last year, like I said, they spread the ball around. They don't need him to be the go-to guy. They've got a number of Canadian receivers, you know, Dijon Brissett, Tommy Neal, uh, David Unger. They just re-signed Richie Sandani as well. So these are all guys that, you know, have decent seasons last year that can fill that role for them. And I think they're going to lose a lot of defensive players in free agency. And they're all going to go over to Saskatchewan to follow Corey yeah. Mace as the new head coach there. So being able to, you know, supplement that a little bit with uh, one of the best defensive linemen in the league. It's rare we see a trade where I'm happy for both sides, but I think I'm genuinely think this is a pretty even split for both sides in this trade. No, I, I could, I could see it. Like I said, I'm not saying it's bad. It just took me back because I noticed the one name a little bit quicker than I noticed the other. But the more you think about it, I think Edmonton. I actually think a lot of people think, you know, one side won. I don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't think either side necessarily won or lost this one. I think it was pretty even. And it'll be interesting to see how Gittins does in Edmonton. And I just want to see more trades like this. Like, this is fun to get yeah. a big name trade like this. Yeah, you know, we that's the thing about CFL. We get a lot of free agency play. So wink, wink, nudge, nudge, watch us on uh, February 13th. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, because uh, we don't get trades like this and uh, very often. Even mid-season, off-season trades are rare. Or they're usually like a laundry machine for a player we'll name later kind of thing. Yeah, right? so. yeah keep this up and then we can do an eight-hour trade deadline show as well, right? <laughs> uh, the, right now it would be like eight minutes. Um, or eight hours of us doing nothing, which might honestly have higher <laughs> ratings than eight hours of actual football coverage. Eight hours more of Madden, Ryan. That's all I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Trey, make sure you get Madden loaded up for the 13th in case it's, uh, in case it's a slow day. Uh, wow. Last week, uh, if you missed last week's roundtable, we talked through a lot of the coaching, uh, a couple of coaching changes and a lot about the quarterback landscape and some changes there. And we had some more news come out of that uh this week with a few more restructured contracts so it seems every team's kind of trying to restructure their quarterback contracts here uh the calgary stampeders with a restructured deal for jake mayer uh and the more notable one we were wondering what ottawa would do with jeremiah mazzoli coming off of his injury uh he has uh, agreed to a restructured contract that uh, and they have basically said that he's going to have to compete for the starting job and they will bring in considerable competition in free agency this year. That's got to be Drew Brown, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I had a three-hour rage sesh with the misses about my dream quarterback scenario in Winnipeg, and I just – I finally got it healed up, but – yeah, I guess who else is there? Everyone else has been locked up unless they have some him, him or Strevler. You know what I mean? That's about it. And I don't know how that would go. So, yeah. 
Yeah, there's not a ton of starters. Like I can think Matt Schultz is one of the more notable, like maybe could be a starter type available. Maybe if you think some of the riders, guys like Dola Gala could take a step forward there as well. But a lot of the teams are kind of locked in with their starters. Ottawa seems like a team that might have some options here. Uh, I I would be shocked if Drew Brown does not end up in Ottawa. I would be pretty surprised, but crazier things happen. Uh, I, I couldn't see it him being, if it's not Ottawa, they somehow convinced him to stay. I couldn't see him going anywhere else either, right? Like, that that's my two options. Interesting, like staying in Winnipeg or staying. Well, would you rather be uh, – because everywhere else he is going to go, it's probably going to be a backup, uh, except for maybe Ottawa. So if he's going to be a backup, why not stay where if, – if, if Ottawa doesn't feel like a fit, stay the backup where you feel comfortable, right? Like that that's where I would go. And Caleros – you know, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks are. Caleros is one hit away. You know, he missed some time last year. You never know. Um, yeah. I mean, you could go back up – you could go back up VA, who's missed time. Uh, now that Dane Evans retired, but out and maybe Saskatchewan, but I mean, everywhere else is going to be a backup. Ottawa is the only chance. Maybe he's got a starter, but maybe Kyle Walters and Zach Claros will, Zach Claros is getting up there. Maybe this might be it. And you know what I mean? Can you convince him to stay one more year? You never know. But if I was a betting man, which I'm not Ryan, Ottawa is the <laughs> favorite. So you're right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Don't bet the ant farms. Remember, or no, yeah. bet the ant farm, not the actual farm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of puzzling to me to see Ottawa, and I wonder how much of this is like a loyalty thing to stick around with Mazzoli, but he also he hasn't been there for that many years and played that much because they've still got Dustin Crum under contract. They've still got Tyree Adams, who was number three on the depth chart, and they got injured in his first opportunity to play last year. Now you're saying, okay, we're going to bring Mazzoli back to compete in camp, and we're going to bring in a guy potentially like Drew Brown Kind of wonder where that leaves a guy like Crum. Like, are you dropping Crum down to number three on the depth chart after it seemed like maybe he had a spark last year that could be developed? Seems like a pretty mm. full room of kind of middling options to me almost for Ottawa right now. See, if I was GM, like Crum wasn't bad. He he had more opportunity to play than Brown did, right? So I I kind of forgot about him. I would almost keep it crumb Mazzoli competing all year do you need a third guy because if you get like you said three guys competing that's you know what I mean yeah it's not usually there's either a starter and two guys competing for backup or there's two guys competing for backup and then there's some guy off in the wings that we all know is just going to hold clipboard right like I couldn't imagine three guys or four guys all competing for that spot and, and I want to know, like, how much how much are they going to spend to to bring somebody else in here? Like, if right. we're talking, if Kyle Walters has said that he likely won't bring Drew back, Drew Brown back, because uh, even if they try to match the price, there's going to be a better playing opportunity elsewhere. Like, how much is a team like Ottawa, if we're what we're saying is correct, and they're going to bring him in? How much are they paying him? I would rather see them spend that money on upgrading an offensive line that Dustin Crumb's big problem. He was a, he was actually a decent underrated passer, great legs, could run really well, but he was running for his life a lot of the time. So spend some money, upgrade that offensive line, get him more receivers that aren't going to drop passes all the time too. That's where I would spend my money if I was Ottawa. But, uh, you know, restructuring that deal for Mazzoli does give them a bit more cash to work with 
in free agency here. Uh, what about the deal for May? What about the deal for Mayor? A restructured contract there. I know they've got Tommy Stevens uh, as a backup there, but he's not known as a passer a ton there too. Do you think Calgary is a team that may look for more options at QB in free agency, or do you think it's possibly just restructure the deal to get more money to upgrade the pieces around them? I think it's upgrading around them because how many quarterbacks have restructured now? Harris did, didn't he? Almost all of them. I feel yeah, almost like. all has. And who was and all of them spent time on the IR last year? Yeah. So maybe they just realized it's a hundred thousand dollars worth me not having a blindside offensive line, not having a receiver I can throw to, not having maybe they figure that out, and maybe these teams figure that out too. Said, Hey, like we could pay you this, but we can't get you a guy to save your ass on the field. Like, so it maybe you know, I think Mazzoli's uh, was more play based or lack of play based, but like, and maybe with Bose too, but. Harris, he got hurt too, but he was doing pretty good. Mayor, who else are they going to go for other than Drew Brown too at this point? I these guys don't need like if 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 Mayor didn't restructure, was Calgary going to cut him? Like I couldn't see that. Probably. Well, I I would say probably not because he has guaranteed money. Yeah. Uh, as well, but Edmonton did do that with Cornelius, but they also brought in McLeod Bethel. Yeah, totally. Maybe those two got. Maybe those two teams were battling right, and the the winner was going to get the winner of who got McBethel Thompson was going to cut their guy. Right. And then they said, yeah. I don't know. And I guess Taylor Cornelius is the other kind of biggish name out on the market for a team to bring in uh, to take a chance on him there. But uh, yeah, restructured deals for these quarterbacks. I kind of wonder how much of it is the team kind of forcing their hand on this as well. Like, like our teams across the league, I've talked about this a lot that the last couple of years with Rourke, with Chad Kelly, et cetera, that they've proven you can win and do be successful by, uh, you know, spending less at quarterback and building the tools around them. So how much of this, I wonder, is the team saying, look, we need you to restructure the contract? Because I'm sure they go and ask a ton of players to do it. And we've seen some guys like Winnipeg, Kenny Lawler just restructured his contract. And then we'll talk about in a little bit another receiver elsewhere that was asked to restructure his contract and said no and is now a free agent. So uh, I, yeah. I think there's a lot of pressure from the teams to take these pay cuts to bring in the talent they need. And some guys are going to say yes and some aren't. And I think the quarterbacks realize they need the pieces around them. So for the most part, they've been willing to take it. I, that's a problem in all sports. We see that in the NFL right now. What teams are succeeding? Houston, rookie co- quarterback. Tampa Bay, quarterback who's probably on like a four or five. He had a million-dollar bonus, I think, for winning the playoffs. So, like, I mean, we see that in all leagues. You see that in hockey. You get the young goalie who's hot. And I think the CFL were falling into that where guys like Bo and, and Caleros who are taking these big deals doesn't always work out. And we saw that in Calgary and Edmonton. Like, whenever, whenever those uh, Cornelius and Mayer signed their deals, I vaguely remember, but I was shocked when you guys told me the number and I think Calgary and Edmonton are regretting it now and, you know, and figuring out some other stuff. Now, speaking of quarterbacks, you mentioned them already. Chris <laughs> Streveler is where's entering. Adam. This is when Adam's going to slide into the show, isn't he? He's going to sneak up behind me. Some here, Chris Streveler. <laughs> uh, he's considering a return to the CFL. Uh, Jeff Hamilton uh, reporting a couple of days ago that he's uh, looking at a return this year, and the Bombers have started preliminary talks to bring him back to Winnipeg. 
that there are other teams interested, but it seems like the Bombers are the early front runners. If you're Winnipeg, you've got to try it, right? Yeah, because I believe I thought I saw Prukop's contract might be up too. I think he's a free agent as well. Yeah, so if you're losing Drew Brown and Prukop, then you literally just got Strebler to do both jobs, right? You got a guy that's a backup and the guy who's going to do third and inches and a guy who's going to do those crazy plays, you know. on uh, And play on a broken foot. And, and play on a broken foot. <laughs> and maybe he'll go play defense if someone goes down, you know. I, 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 I bet he could kick. I bet he could kick just in case um, – Castillo doesn't come back. Except for I'm going to miss Castillo. Me and my girlfriend love the, the Morocco music every time <laughs> after the field goal. Um, her dad didn't believe they did that. So it was great. But uh, no, Strebler, I think I think his time has run out in the NFL. I don't think he's stuck anywhere. He's an, And he's a little older than Rourke is. So if we're going to sit and say, you know, people are saying Rourke takes his time, take his time. Strebler's a little older. He's got to get his money now. And if a team in the CFL, like the Bombers or someone else, offers him two, three dollars $300,000, be a starter slash backup slash whatever. And you can also add, he's got NFL experience now. He's got the NFL pension too, so he probably doesn't feel the need to play down there. I, I think any team could be lucky with him. Maybe Ottawa, because again, hey, if we don't get Strevler, I hope whatever happens, it makes Drew Brown stay. Let's go with that. But my ideal situation is Drew Brown and Strevler. That's not that happening. That's my, that's my ideal situation. I've written a nice worded letter to, to Kyle Walters and Wade Miller, but I don't think they read it. I think they're going to have to uh, look for volunteers to play defense and special teams if you're loading that much. Do the, do the Buffalo Bills, $20 an hour, man. I'll go out there. <laughs> I'll do it. Defense. They signed yeah. Willie Jefferson before, right? Like pretty close after Great Cup, right? That's yeah. kind of the only big person they signed up until this point. And now Stanley Bryant, right? Yeah, so, Stanley yeah. Bryant, another one. Uh, just taking a look through the list here. Brian Cole, Tyler Cadwallader. Yeah. Uh, those were kind of depth moves there. Jefferson, Retta kept Cramby had a really good okay, year yeah, last year. Uh, Pat Newfelt, Deatric Nichols, also uh, notables re-signed. So the Bombers did some early pretty good work there. They've got some big pieces still uh, open on free agency that uh, we'll keep talking about probably weekly heading up to the um, free agent frenzy. Uh, yeah, you mentioned, you know, trying to sign Streveler, like $200,000 as a backup. Like, I wonder, like, what kind of contract is he looking for and what kind of contract can he get here in the CFL? Because... Is anybody looking to bring him in as the starter? Probably not. Personally, I wouldn't. I don't no. trust Strevler's ability as a passer enough uh, for him to be the go-to starter. I think he thrives in that role as the backup that has his gadget plays he's going to come in and do uh, like he did in Winnipeg. And I'm interested to see what kind of contract that brings as a backup, right? Are you going to are you gonna demand top dollar for a role like that? Uh I think you might be hard pressed from teams that already asked their quarterbacks to take pay cuts to spend that much on. No, you're right. As soon as I said the number, I didn't really like it either. And that's why I mentioned the NFL pension. Cause I don't even know what that is, but it was a big enough deal to make sure that he gets those games dressed. Right. So, but that's might... not going to kick in. I believe the pension I thought I, oh, I, maybe. I thought I was reading. It doesn't actually kick in until he's like 55, but still fair. He doesn't need to make as much money now because he has yeah. that, right? Yeah. Like, I wish I had a pension plan. I don't know what that is. CPP's gone. I don't know what I don't know what that is when people talk about it. So, I mean, I, it might come, money's money. I guess you're still going to take it, but I, I think I think he's going to command decent for for what he is. Because even if he is just that backup gadget play, 
we saw how many injuries we had, and maybe that's again why teams are restructuring their quarterbacks to fit in a guy like Strebler too, right? And say, hey, we now we can take you out of these second and or second and two yard plays, and you're not going to get hit. We got a guy here who loves getting hit, you know. So I don't know. I, and honestly, I think part of the thing about bringing them in for a team is the marketing value. It was more, almost as much, if not more, than than what he does out on the field, right? Oh. Like. Who yeah. else, where else do you have a backup quarterback that you can market as like a feature for selling tickets? Oh, 100%. And even if he's the backup, if the Bombers or whoever signs him, and hopefully the Bombers, if they do their intros after Caleros, they better do. And you're starting <laughs> backup when his first game back because I think that place would be louder than almost anybody. Yeah. It was crazy yeah. when he came to Banjo Bowl. People are screaming Strebler across the parking lot. So, yeah, any team who gets them, I think, other than, uh, I low key want Saskatchewan, if not Winnipeg, just so uh, just so Adam has to buy a jersey that's a trivia. <laughs> we'll buy him that. Don't even tell. Hope he's not going to watch this. Probably we'll we'll pull we'll pull some money together from uh, from all that great sponsorship, and we're gonna you know buy him a Strebler jersey. Yeah, perfect. I like it. <laughs> I will order it off of the Rider Store right now. I wonder. If, I wonder what they would do. Oh. I wonder if whoever produces that in the store. <laughs> Sees the request and is like, "What are you talking about?" Get an email. We, we haven't signed them. You know that, right? We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! At one point, the NFL banned Harambe for being on jerseys, so maybe the Riders <laughs> did Strickler too, right? So. <laughs> if I won the lottery, I, I think I would spend a, a little bit of it just on getting like incorrect jerseys for every team in the league, like. Oh, it's the wrong name on the back of all of them. He's got to get a bumper sticker. I love Strevy and put it on uh, Adam's tractor. <laughs> <laughs> I've never wanted to drive like 12 hours to wherever Adam lives so bad in my life, but I got to get that <laughs> bumper sticker. That's what happens when you miss a show, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We've talked a lot of quarterbacks. Let's Where talk about some wide receivers here. Uh, we, I kind of teased it up a little bit. A guy who was asked to take a pay cut and decided, uh, no, he thinks he can uh, get more money out there in free agency, so he wasn't going to do that. So the team has released him, and that is wide receiver Dominic Rimes, released by the BC Lions today. Um, I guess notable to bring into that conversation, they also they re-signed Keon Hatcher a couple of days ago, although he'll be out most of the year due to the injury he suffered late in the season. Uh, they re-signed Alexander Hollins uh, today, so both of those making around two hundred twenty to 230000 according to Farhan Lalji. Um, Dominic Rimes, uh, odd man out there in BC. Is that shocking? Uh, personally, I would have kept him over a couple I see it's a tough one. That that's uh it's I guess it's a good problem to have BC, right? That you 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 have all these guys. It was kind of the issue that Winnipeg had last year, but somehow they they got it done, right? I guess BC couldn't do it, but yeah, very big talent going on the market. So how does it work? Because he's been cut. Does he have to wait till the thirteenth? Or can, he can no, get I believe right? he can sign. He can. That's sign what I thought. So if you get cut, then you can get. You're not waiting till the thirteenth. So. You know, maybe it's a blessing in disguise for him. Some teams could try to fit him in before free agency. Maybe he even gets a little better value if teams want to pay up front for him. I, I mean, 
yeah, BC has tons of talent. I would love to see him on a, oh, what team would really benefit from him? Probably any team in the East, right? Like might definitely, but. We've, we've talked a lot about Ottawa so far. I think he's the ideal fit for yeah. that. He's a former Ottawa receiver. Uh, he broke out there before going over to BC. Struggled kind of in his first year with BC, but turned it on late and then had the massive year, not this past year, but the year before that. Uh, and then injury struggles again. That's a team that I think is starved for wide receiver talent, regardless, like whoever they decide the quarterback to be. I think Rhymes would be a perfect fit to bring back there. No, I see that too. They just need someone to throw it to him, right? At this yeah, point, so exactly. That out. And yeah, he's going to get a big contract. Oh, like yeah. he is, he's still, he's still a heck of a player. Like even he came back late last season. I mean, I'll look up his stats here quickly. Uh, but I feel like he had some big games uh, late in the year uh, for them that made a difference. So injury injury struggles. Uh, but yeah, week 17 and 18, 90 plus yards on five catches in both of those. Uh, he can make plays happen, and he will for whoever signs him here. Do you think he's one of the biggest fish right now, or do you think somebody else is a little bigger than him? I think he's up there. Like two years ago, he was right behind Schoen in the receiving uh, category. Uh, Dalton Schoen is a free agent. Tim White is a free agent. Those are kind of two of the bigger names. I'm sure there's others out there that I'm missing. Uh, but those guys I would put up there, I'd probably rank a bit ahead of Rhymes due to the injury history here. But I, I think he's top 10, at least, if not top five receivers out there on the market. And some decent receivers out there. That's yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, and, and a lot of talk around BC as well. That uh, Lucky Whitehead possibly on the way out as well. As he's an agent. he's been injury prone too, though, right? Like he was injured a lot during his time in Winnipeg, and I think that's one reason why they let him go. I just feel like he can never get a few starts in a row, but he's got crazy talent for this league with his speed. Yeah, and then didn't he lead the league in receiving a couple of years ago too? I feel like yeah. he he was up there at least. And last year his role was just a disappointment where he wasn't getting involved in most of the games. It was kind of a non-factor. And and every time you're like, oh, this is Lucky Whitehead, I got to take him in fantasy. You know, it was a letdown. So uh, I'm not surprised to see the, them part ways uh, more so that Rhymes is on the way out here. And interest to see what that means for BC at wide receiver because Hatcher and Hollins, if they're both healthy, like those are two of the best. I think those are two top ten receivers in the league. Uh, they showed it this year. Justin McKinnis was a big uh, guy, that, like a big name that stepped up for them this season at wide receiver. I don't believe he's a free agent. He's under contract. Uh, and I know they're they're trying to load up some money for Javon Katoy, I've heard, to bring him back. So a couple Canadians slotting into maybe more prominent starting roles there, and we'll see what uh, what else BC does at receiver, because that is a pass-heavy team. Oh, yeah, and we've seen time in and time out from every team that they can find some 50,000 Americans that, you know, are the next breakout stars, right? You know, so that's what Dominique Grimes and Dalton Schoen were a few years ago, right? You know, some, yeah. some, yeah, some walk-ons and tryouts. So uh, sure. BC is fine. I still have them. We'll talk. There's a couple of questions later that we got to talk about. I could still see BC being very competitive at the beginning of the year. So. Yeah. I, I, I wonder a little bit if they're still going to go so pass heavy this year, or if they will look at some of the, uh, I don't know off the top of my head who's available at running back, but, uh, if they'll look to make some changes there this year or focus more on the run game, 
because that kind of bit them late in the season in that playoff game with Winnipeg, too, in the cold weather, right, where they were one of the least efficient teams with the run all year. So they didn't really need to. They just need to have VA throw the ball. I wonder if we see a bit more of a balanced attack or if they just keep going pass heavy. I'm going to say teams are going to keep going pass heavy, right? But, I mean. Don't break. You know, it it worked. Continue developing the running back. But, yeah. I don't know. I think his football has just turned so it's pass, 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 and then tush push, right? That's kind of what the what's all football's turned into, right? So I can't believe that it got stopped. I can't believe Hurts got they're, stopped. They've the... stopped it twice. They're the only one to have stopped it. Not Hurts. Yeah, they stopped it twice. Tampa Bay on Hurts. Yeah. It's just all that um, they couldn't stop uh, Buffalo. Uh, not Buffalo. Was playing Buffalo. Pittsburgh couldn't stop Buffalo's to save their life. That was yeah, it. but. It's a crazy play, and they want to ban it, so we'll see what happens. But <laughs> We'll see what happens with that. Uh, Dominic Grimes, a new name out on the market, a number of names off the open market that have re-signed with their team. We had a flurry of notable signings uh, this week. I'll start running through them. Uh, stop me along the way if there's any you want to touch on, uh, or we'll reconvene afterwards. Uh, we talked about Keon Hatcher and Alexander Hollins already. Wide receiver Reggie Bagleton uh, re-signed with Calgary. They also uh, bringing back uh, linebacker Cameron Judge. I believe those are the two moves. That's, that's a big one for their defense, right? And, and, and so Bagleton, I don't know. He was hit and miss with me. I feel like anytime I started him in fantasy, he crapped the bed. But then the weeks I didn't, he went off, right? So, I mean, that's receivers in fantasy. But I, I like those two signings in Calgary. I think that's more a Jake Mayer problem that's than a true Bagleton too. problem. Bagleton was getting 14 targets a game at times. They just all happen to be three yards, right? So. I think Calgary, even with their quarterback situation, might be a little bit more dangerous this year. Because I kind of, it's hard to imagine a world where Calgary is kind of bad two years in a row. It was hard to imagine one year, let alone two, right? So I think the injury comebacks are going to help them a ton. Yeah. You look at that receiving core for Calgary, you've got Bagleton, you've got Mark and Michelle coming back. He had a solid year there. Uh, Malik Henry was one of the top receivers in the league and was out for the year starting week three or four uh, for that team, which led to Michelle being back. That's a huge piece for it's, them. Jalen Philpot, if he can get healthy, some more Canadian talent there. Say, and they always said he was supposed to be better than his brother, and his brother's been yeah. doing pretty good in Montreal, right? So so I, I think Calgary, and if Kadeem Carey stays healthy for a whole year, I mean, I guess it remains to be seen what they'll exactly do with the running backs, but um, I, I like these signings. I think these are the two biggest pieces Calgary has. Yeah, one on each side of the ball. Um, Winnipeg, we talked a little bit uh, about uh, before. Stanley Bryant being the notable one this week, brought back for yet another year by the Bombers. Also took a pay cut uh, once again. And uh, Kenny Lawler restructuring his deal a little bit as well. I kind of wonder if Lawler's restructuring his deal is what would let them bring Stanley Bryant back because... Uh, just a couple weeks ago, Walters did mention that he uh, kind of sees as Bryant a guy they couldn't really sign yet because they weren't sure what was happening with Sean and Oliveira. And maybe this Lawler restructure brings them some money back. Yeah, I, probably. And, and I mean, when he's played, what, 20 years, it seems like, or whatever it's been, you know, it, yeah, it's, 
I'm a little worried about the offensive line because they seemed a little slow this year. And let's bring back the 39 year old, but you know, or and that's pretty old for offensive line, you know. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see what the Bombers' O line is going to be, especially if they have a different running back back there too. I'm interested to see what they can do. So. I mean, I guess you want to maybe, maybe that's what they're foreshadowing too. You might get a new running back. You want your veteran guys in there. You want Hardrick Bryant and and the whole mess of guys they have in there to maybe help lead a young running back or a more inexperienced one. If they're thinking Oliveira has gone south or somewhere else too, right? That might, I don't know. Has Oliveira even gotten NFL looks down? I don't think so. I haven't heard. I think I've heard of, but they might not until after the Super Bowl now. Or when teams are more and more eliminated and stuff, and they might be looking at the draft, the NFL draft. I know we're getting off topic, but it, it could play some factors in the CFL. I guess it, it's pretty wild what what it could be. I think this year, so maybe there's a lot of that, and it's hard for a guy to be like, "Oh yeah, come in." He might not get an invite till um, PTOs or whatever in the summer, right? You never know. So. I'll be floored if he doesn't come back to Winnipeg. I I am fully believing he will be. I was until that tweet because he said he tweeted something, and then I'm like, ah, oh, damn! They only tweet when they want something, you know. Um, he tweeted, yeah, he tweeted something along the lines of like, "Where will I go?" or something like that. Yeah. I actually took that as the opposite of almost of a little more reassuring of like, this is him trying to kind of like play into it of like oh i might go somewhere and then i was actually a little surprised we didn't see an announcement like the day after that he had resigned with winnipeg so i'm just more skeptical of people right i i I, i'm the optimist i know it's uh i i it's i was i was actually when you were talking about run game for bc i was like oh are we gonna have the opposite andrew harris when said (laughs) going to bc I didn't like the I didn't like Oliver in orange, I, but I don't like him in green either. So I mean, I don't know where I want to see him. But uh, yeah, do we still have Augustine and stuff? Like I don't know. He's a free I, agent as he's well. He's free agent too, so it'd be completely from scratch if we lost both of them. So I don't I don't know. Interesting. Uh, BC, we talked about a couple of moves. Other than that, uh, punter Stefan Flintoft uh, resigned, so key piece for them. Uh, he's one of the top punters in the league, I believe. Uh, I think they also signed a wide receiver. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but former NFL wide receiver as well. So, you know, maybe another guy to bring in for uh, some camp competition there. The Toronto Argonauts, they did make that big trade uh, with Gittins uh, off for Ceresna. uh, And they've also re-signed Devaris Daniels to a new contract at wide receiver. He's been one of their top wide receivers uh, the past couple of years, defensive lineman Folarin Orimolade, who I think last year or the year before may have been one of the highest priced free agent acquisitions, at least on the defensive side. Pairing him with Jake Ceresna on that D line is going to be huge, especially if they're losing some other defensive pieces. Uh, and then uh, wide receiver Richie Sandani, so in more depth at the Canadian receiver position. Uh, you know, let's let's dive into one of the fan questions that we got from our good friend FM fan because uh, it's relevant as we're talking about Toronto here. Uh, we I kind of mentioned earlier that there's a lot of rumors that Corey Mace is going to bring a number of guys over to Saskatchewan with them, and the Argos have also now lost a couple of coaches as well. Do you still see them as the beasts of the East uh, this year, or do you see them as uh, maybe taking a step back? 
I didn't have them the beast in the East anyway, leading up to this Montreal really opened my eyes, but I would have before all this, I'd have Toronto second. Oh, you can't convince me Ottawa until I see things happen. You can't convince me Ottawa is going to be better than Toronto. Uh, sorry, I, sorry, I can't see Hamilton being much better either. Maybe they're going to take a step back from the what were they, fifteen and two or sixteen and two last year? Yeah, they're not going to do that again. But can I still see them Labor Day October being in the conversation for first place in the East? Oh yeah, because we've seen eight and eight or eight and nine make or whatever uh, eight and ten is first in the East, right? So they definitely have a shot for that. I'm the exact same way. I think they're battling with Montreal for that top spot is where I have them at currently. And uh, no, I don't think they're going to be 15 and two or 16 and two or whatever they were. I guess 16, I think was the math. Yeah. Um, again, I didn't expect them to be 16 and two last year as well. They were a team that was just solid across the board. Like they didn't have a ton of like number one stars. Yeah. Uh, necessarily. They were just a good cohesive unit and they'll lose some pieces, but I think they still have a decent amount of depth there too, that uh, they can still perform pretty well. This I mean, if, if they have Chad Kelly and um, AJ Olette, that's a good start, right? So, well, he's been tweeting out lately as well. Him and a couple of guys on the Argos have kind of like, where are we going to go? Like, say, oh, is, is Olette a free agent too? I believe so. Let me okay. double check. Let me find the Argos on my list here. He is. Hey. I'm okay with losing Oliveira if the Bombers get him. That Ooh. that that's that I would love to see. Ooh, in a perfect world where maybe they're not bringing in both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll, maybe 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 we should see if Olet and Oliveira are free agents on our Madden team because that that's a backfield I want. <laughs> they're not bringing them both um drew brown streveler and then olivero Olet, man that's my dream backfield and then uh mike miller as the fullback even though he's coaching special teams <laughs> i love it but grant coach played didn't he let's let mike miller. <laughs> the interesting thing like we're talking about the argos losing pieces on defense most notably yeah. um their defense was weird in that it gave up a ton in the passing game like it they had a pretty weak secondary in terms of giving stuff up. Uh, but they also like forced most turnovers. So it was one of those defenses was where it's like, I don't know if it will take that much of a step back if it they lose pieces. Who, whose defense does that sound like, Ryan? You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? And that's crazy. They won one year and it didn't work the next year, right? So, um, yep. yeah, I'm not too concerned about their defense. It's... We saw Montreal. Like Montreal, what did Montreal's defense have until Lemon and um, Sankey. Sankey came in? You know what I mean? Like you, you never know, but they held their own for the majority of the year to Labor Day, and then those two guys came in later in the year, right? So, I mean, I, I think Toronto's going to be fine. I, I can't see if to me, to me, the only way they maybe don't make the playoffs is. Somehow there's a four-team crossover, and they're just in that third spot. But I can't see that. Hamilton, I have sorry, but if you're keeping Bowen, he's kind of your guy. That's going to be over by Canada Day. And um, if that, when do we, when does regular season start? May? Yeah, June 1st, it'll be done. And then Ottawa, I mean, unless Drew Brown and Dominic Rimes and Oliveira or Ola, like they need like the dominoes to fall there for them to really – I'm not saying they're going to be bad. I just can't imagine them going from last to first. So Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. 
Uh, other moves around the league, offensive lineman Justin Lawrence back for the Alouettes. That's a big piece for them. I think they had a couple of offensive linemen that are currently in free agents. So I think he was probably one of the biggest pieces for them. So Montreal's done a pretty good job of bringing back their most crucial pieces in uh, before free agency begins. Uh, obviously, losing Austin Mack to the NFL is going to be the big one for them. But uh, other than that, I think they've done a good job of keeping the championship squad together. And I think that's what they need to do because they are a unit that has potential to get even better uh, for the most part. Uh, Edmonton, a couple more moves. Defensive back Luchas Purifoy, wide receiver Kyron Moore, both brought back. I really like both of those moves. Purifoy is one of my favorite defensive backs. And I think Kyron Moore is a real good asset in the receiving core for Bethel Thompson. Yes. And I remind me of a question I want to ask you when we're done. <laughs> we have an opportunity. Sure. Who's that? Okay. Who's the receiver quarterback that played for Edmonton? I forget his name. He's like. He was wasn't he like the third straight quarterback, and sometimes he played receiver. Kyle Oxley. Yeah, where's he? What do you uh, think he he's was, gonna do? He was in Hamilton, and I believe he is a free agent. Hmm. Okay, that's all. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think he's an valuable addition somewhere? I don't know how many teams are necessarily gonna go that route. Well, he wasn't a bad short yards guy and like got, he, I feel like he, he, was, some, he did have some fumble issues did he? Uh, yeah which yeah, led yeah. to him being cut by the no, I, someone i can't i feel bad because i always see tweets and stuff and i should give credit but somebody tweeted that or x did whatever it's called now and um and about him and i thought that was an interesting uh because i didn't mind his time in edmonton i think just edmonton in general wasn't good so it was hard to kind of judge anybody on that team yeah I mean, those are the kind of athletes that could be game breakers if you can play them at multiple positions. Yes. There, uh, you know, Chris Jones loves his athletes. I don't know if he's bringing back a guy he cut last year, but uh, you never know. I it's, mean, it's weirder still... things have happened. I mean, Jason Moss kind of cut, you know, bench for Jardo, and we saw what happened there, right? So, yeah, I, I think Kyron Moore going back to him is going to be a big one for the Elks here because he is that type of receiver that you—he's he, your checkdown receiver. He will, he will you know, get a ton of catches for short yards, but there'll be good yards on second down. And I feel like Bethel Thompson, that's the type of receiver that he can, he can work with pretty well. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that for Edmonton. Um, trying to go through my list here. Defensive lineman, Michael Wakefield back with the Red Blacks. So Ottawa's a team that really hasn't re-signed almost anybody i feel like so far this year and maybe that means we're gonna have a lot to talk about with them on uh february 13th free agent frenzy check it out uh but this is a notable piece back on the defensive line and then uh offensive lineman jordan murray back with the hamilton tiger cats who have re-signed a number of their offensive linemen so far uh, which maybe surprises me a little bit. Uh, they were decent last year, the O-line. Um, I didn't think they were fantastic. I thought maybe that's something, if you want Bo Levi Mitchell to be your starter this year, that maybe you're going to try to go out and get a big fish in free agency to protect him. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I've got a cough. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, no worries. Um, yeah, so those are kind of the notable re-signings from around the CFL. We'll continue to track all of them toward heading towards CFL free agency. Uh, looking at, uh, well, let's take a look at some of these other questions we've got here from uh, from FM Fan. Uh, some receiver or some uh, free agents we haven't really talked about because we don't have news about them yet. 
we talk about Brady Oliveira potentially going elsewhere. Dalton Schoen, also a big free agent for the Bombers. He wants to know, uh, if Schoen doesn't come back, who do you see having a bigger role uh, at wide receiver for Winnipeg uh, from their current roster? I read that a couple of times, and pick one. <laughs> you got Debsky, you got... Lawler, you got Waller Tarski, you got uh I'm missing somebody. Rasheed Bailey. Rasheed Bailey. I think he'd be my pick. Rasheed Bailey for sure. If I had to pick one, Dembski, I think you could kind of see it late in the year. Maybe he's running out of miles a little bit. Waller Tarski's kind of been the check down guy. Um, but yeah, I and Lawler Lawler's the deep ball, right? Kind of guy. And and I think them I think Bailey and Schoen have kind of been the two similar guys talent wise, right? And I think that's where I would go. Yeah, I think Rashid Bailey is – I was shocked to see him last year. I think it was come back to Winnipeg to be kind of the number four wide receiver after yeah. they signed Lawler when he could have been a number two probably somewhere else. So I think he's a guy that would thrive if given more opportunity. We've seen him do that as the go-to guy late in the season when some of the starters get rest there. Um how about the Hamilton Tiger Cats? We talk about Bo Levi Mitchell being their starter. Uh, what do you do at the backup position if you're Hamilton? Uh, Matt Schiltz is a free agent. He was roughly 125000 this past year. Uh, do you keep Powell as the number two and sign someone cheap as short yardage and then use that money to upgrade your secondary? Uh or what do you do if you're Hamilton? Do you see a case where Matt Schultz comes back there after the way things ended? I can't. I mean, I I don't think so. I think they got their two guys, right? They'll go with Bo is the now, and Powell might be the future plan, and, and yeah, sign that American guy that just wants to play football. That's what I would do, because I don't think you're going to – are you really going to give your – because Schultz wouldn't even be your guaranteed second guy, right? It, it's it's kind of open for discussion. Would you give your third stringer hundred thousand or hundred twenty five thousand? If we were just saying we wouldn't give Strebler two hundred thousand, why would we give him a hundred something, right? So, I wasn't a fan of Powell at first because yeah. uh, he struggled early on, but I thought he developed as it went along, and actually, like, kind of was the reason the part of the reason the Ticats made the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, I would like to see him get more of a shot. I'm a big Matt Schiltz fan, though, by the way. Uh, took a bit of a hit with his performance in that playoff game. I've been, you know, the, probably a huge backer of his, but uh, didn't go so well in that one. But I think he could get a 1B job anywhere, probably, that's looking for a backup in the league. Uh, and I think uh, I like Powell to be the number two in Hamilton. Uh, what else do we got here? We've got Riders coaching news. Uh, I was uh, waiting to see if Adam would show up. Uh, he said maybe he'd show up late, but uh, I guess he couldn't make it after all. So I wanted to save this for later in the show, but let's talk about it now. Uh, the Riders have filled out the rest of their coaching staff, and there's some interesting names here. Uh, wide receiver coach Markway McDaniel. Uh, that's a familiar name, a long-standing uh, wide receiver in the CFL. Spent time with Calgary, spent time with Hamilton. I don't know if anywhere else. Can't remember. Off the top of my head. But uh, he was a top-tier receiver in the CFL. A uh, couple of the 
former defensive players that will be coaching both offense and defense, pass game coordinator and defensive backs, Joshua Bell, and run game coordinator and linebackers, J.C. Sherritt. What do you make of uh, defensive players running these portions of the offense as well? You got to know how to – you got to – they cover it. You know what I mean? They cover it, so they like they they defend it. They should no. I've I've never been because actually sometimes the best. Oh, what was it? It was this stupid line a commentator used to always say on the old NCAA game, and it stuck in my head. And it really makes sense that most people think cornerbacks are receivers that can't catch, but it's actually the opposite. Receivers are cornerbacks that can't tackle. Because you know what I mean, and and cornerbacks and defensive line, they all need to know what their opposite side of the ball is doing, right? That's why also quarterbacks are usually often great running back coaches because they know what they have to do, right? So I I, I don't mind it. Yeah, you make a lot of sense there. No argument on my part. Uh, I, I, want, yeah. I want the new NCAA game. That was a bit on my mind, man. So. <laughs> uh, the other interesting one here is defensive line coach. Philip Daniels, who is the father to the aforementioned DeVaris Daniels playing wide receiver for the Toronto Argonauts, uh, I believe. A little father-son bonding opportunity, I guess, uh, when they play each other. Love it, man. I love when family members play each other, you know. Trying to think, like, how often do we see father and son? Not often. At least it's coach. It'd be wild if he was playing. That's what. Oh yes. yeah, that would be. That's uh, it's weird seeing Tiger play golf with his kid, right? So it it would be weird. Um, yeah. Ah, uh, what do I feel like? It wasn't actually that long ago. There was something. Maybe in hockey, I'm thinking of. Wasn't like Adam Lowry's dad a coach? Oh yes, Adam Lowry's dad was the interim coach for the Winnipeg Jets. Okay, was he for right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it happened. Oh, there's um basketball coach doc rivers his kid was on another team and they they hugged after a game or something so it happens once in a while but yeah definitely weird you know that'll be a fun storyline that gets uh hyped up uh when those two teams face each other this year uh i mean it's cool uh yeah so interesting names here for the riders i think it's actually a pretty solid coaching staff for them and with all the turmoil this team has had the past couple of years with on-field and off-field issues I think the fresh faces they brought in are going to be huge for the the Riders team here, uh, more than perhaps any of the guys they signed uh, in free agency. Kind of brings us to the last fan question here, which was uh, uh, FM fan wanting to know, Gittins and MBT go to Edmonton. I'll throw in, you know, Riders, whole new change here in the coaching staff. Do you see at this point, we don't know how free agency will play out for Team West crossover or still three teams out West? What do you, we talked a little bit about maybe how we see the East playing out. What is your perception of West right now? Yeah, I, 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 I didn't actually think about it until I saw that question. Cause then I think we have to think of the four teams, right? So I guess we'd assume Winnipeg and BC will probably be at the top. Unless something catastrophic happens, you'd think so. Calgary, you never know. They're probably going to end up being nine and eight, which could definitely be a crossover spot, right? They, I can't see them dropping off completely, and weren't they around that last year kind of thing, you know? So, ah, now where do we put Edmonton and Saskatchewan? And there's no way all five can make it. So, 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm not hyping Edmonton as much as no. I did last year. I'm not going to yeah. be burned by that again. I, I'm more on Saskatchewan than I am Edmonton, right? I think Saskatchewan, if if we if we think BC and Winnipeg are locks to some degree, and we think Calgary is probably going to be on the bubble, I'd put Saskatchewan in the conversation to be that fourth-place team over Edmonton. But I, I think the fourth-place team is a conversation. It's a conversation every year. So, I, you know. To be honest, my preseason picks for the West almost every <laughs> single year end up being like all these teams separated maybe by one win and maybe some ties there in between. Like on paper, going into the year, I am similar with Winnipeg and BC being the top two as of right now in my eyes. But I think you could make arguments for any of these teams, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, or Calgary, to kind of take that step forward, claim one of those spots, maybe kick one of them out or just all be those bubble teams. So I, I don't know what, where that plays into the crossover, but I, you know, I'm not sold on Ottawa right now. I'm not sold on Hamilton a ton. So maybe there's room there, but this is all speculative and like, it's, it's all going to change on free agency day or in the next couple of weeks leading up to it. Like there are 213 or something like that free agents in the CFL. So the entire landscape is about to change. And that's not counting other guys they bring in, right? Right. So, yeah. So I think FM fan just wanted us to tell them that the Ticats are going to make the playoffs. So that's, <laughs> that's all it is. I don't know if I'm there right now. <laughs> I don't think so either. I'll, I'll say, I think I mentioned this once before, but I'll say it again. I did pick Montreal this time last year as a bet. I think Saskatchewan, that's my bet this year. Oh. New coaching staff. They're gonna get some changes. I, they're not my like they're not my pick. My pick to make it. It's my mm, good chance to maybe make a long shot bet money. Five dollars pays seventy five. Right yeah, it's my value play. That's the exact same thing I did on Montreal. It was the value play if it came in and it worked out. And uh, yeah, so just throw that out there. All right. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like that uh, early pick there. Uh, I just have no idea how it's going to play out for the no, coaches. I, I can't even pick who's going to win the Super Bowl with any accuracy. <laughs> and that's a few weeks away. And they're down to, what, eight teams? So, hey, they're down to the same amount of teams the CFL has. Look at that. <laughs> uh, the other major kind of discussion point coming out of this uh, past week was the CFL holding its meetings uh, down in Nashville discussing a number of different things among the things being discussed first of all was the uh, onside punt and there was some spirited debate on that we'll see uh we'll see if that changes at all i know you hate it uh, yeah yeah i know you hate that one so we, we won't go into that one the other one in the end the other interesting one was the cfl is uh looking at different kickoff rules potentially uh, for player safety uh, being the main reason. So right now, I believe every time, every touchdown, they kick it off and you yes. have to receive. And after a field goal, you can choose. Yes, after every is. field goal, you can choose, except for within three minutes, you have to take the kickoff. Uh, and, three minutes of the half, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and now Dave Naylor reporting that they're looking at allowing teams that surrender a touchdown to take the ball on the own 40-yard line. Um, with this, kickoffs would happen to start a game, to start a half, and then during the final three minutes. Uh, and the main reason for that is to preserve the ability to do an onset right. kick yep. late in the game. What it do you think? Gets... First of all, I just love, I love, 
I love to watch CFL Twitter or X. It was like that um, little clip from the office when there's a fire alarm and everyone's losing their mind trying to get out. Like that's what the, that's what CFL Twitter seemed like. That it was the end of everything awesome because all we are is our awesome kickoff rules, right? And I don't know if it's player safety, hundred percent. You know the NFL's been getting rid of them for player safety. Um, I mean, and you still get a kickoff return here and there. And at some point, if they're going to do this, then they're going to get rid of kickoff completely, and they're just going to have what the fourth and fifteen, like the XFL did. That one was interesting, or whatever, like or something like they'll have to have something like that, and and um, and teams are just gonna, you know, either you know, <laughs> I don't know, maybe the t- the team that kicks off is gonna decide, hey, do we want to go for it on fourth and fifteen, or do we want them to have the ball way at their own forty, right? So, I mean, I get it, I get that the kickoff is, is the most exciting play in football, other than the pick six. Like you, those are probably the two, right? Something that causes a big run from one end of the field to the other is the most exciting play in football. Uh, but I'm trying. I was trying to think about it. I feel like a lot of the time, uh, injury timeouts came after punts and and, ex- and kickoffs. I, I don't have the numbers. Just as a general guy who sits at ten games a year, that's when I felt like you had the most time. You had a lot of time to go grab a beer and go to the bathroom after a touchdown because you had the commercial break, you had a kickoff, and usually had an injury timeout. Right. So. I don't know. I mean, I'm all I get that football is in a different place now than it was 20, 30 years ago, but probably for good reason, you know, when um yeah, head <laughs> injuries and stuff, man. So like I, I don't know. I I'm not crying about it. Yes, I'm gonna be sad that they get rid of it or it moves away from it because it is a very important game. Am I gonna stop watching? No, because I don't even like that the NFL doesn't have kickoffs because it's come kind of boring sometimes and they put a commercial before and a commercial after. And it's I don't know. It's um it's just turned into an extended break at this point, right? So if they got rid of it because they didn't think it was entertaining or worth it or sped up the game or something like that and like didn't key in on a good reason for it, I'd be mad as well. But how can you be mad when the literal key is player safety, all right? Like, yeah, sure, this is an exciting play, but isn't the most exciting football when the best players are out there and <laughs> out there in the field and not in the IR? Like, the more injuries you can prevent, the better the overall product will be. It might not, yeah, you might eliminate a couple of these big return chances, but we're also not even fully eliminating them. Like this isn't like the NFL where it's going to go at the back of the end zone or you're going to get a fair catch every time. You're still returning punts, which still yeah. in the CFL, I don't didn't sound like they're changing anything with punting here. So you're still going to get the exciting punt returns. You're still going to get three to four at minimum kickoff returns in a game. Like you're still going to see guys run it back here and there. You're just going to diminish them a little bit to improve player safety. And I'm all for that. And I saw something, I think it was Derek Taylor or Naylor. One of them posted that the average start point this year was 39.5 yard line or something anyway. So, I mean, if you're going to kick it every time, there's going to be the rare windy days maybe where we miss one of those like crazy medlock bounces, right? That rolls because the team's going to take it at the 40, but you know what I mean? It's, it is what it is. Like, again, I'd rather have the best players out there. Like I said, the kickoff, I feel bad for it, but the kickoff is probably one of the first things to completely be eliminated in football. Like the next thing, like all of football, um, 
because there's no other play. Like we see what they've done to players, uh, quarterback safety can't touch the guy, right? Has it has it changed the game? Yeah, but is it for the best? Probably, and I think not the excitement value, but the player safety. It just you got twelve guys running full speed at each other, right? It just yeah. sounds like oh, yeah, yeah. right? Like it it just sounds like a bad idea. Also, <laughs> like I get it eliminates some of the exciting plays. But it raises the stakes of those few remaining exciting plays. Yeah. Like, think of some of the big ones we've gotten in, in recent years. That Grey Cup one, uh, the single point on the kickoff for, for Winnipeg. Uh, Edmonton extending their losing streak off of uh, messing up the kickoff return there. Like, I want these huge stakes late in the game. A team, fe- first of all, teams should nine times out of 10 at a minimum take the ball at the 40. But you're going to have a team that's going to think we need this big play late in the game. We're going to take the chance to try to take the return here. And the stakes of it are going to be incredible. And then we'll get to talk about why they made the wrong decision when it doesn't work out for them. Or why, or once in a blue moon, it's going to work out for them. And it's going to be the most incredible thing. I love it. I love everything about this. That actually made a good point. I, I wonder, too... I like that because I, I guess kind of in my head, I just assume too, it's automatic that they're going to take it at the 40, except for the 30 or within three minutes. But then you made a good point. Maybe coaches will say, yeah, screw it. You know, our team's flat today. Maybe we need a third quarter kick return just to, you know, try to start something or the wind's really bad. We know how some of those coaches, like some coaches defer the ball twice to take yeah. the win. So if you're taking the win, you're like, well, I'm my receivers or my returners catching it at the 30. You know, maybe we should take it, right? So that's interesting. Yeah, and I, and I wonder, like, for, for teams that are big on, like, morale and motivation, like, is a return to, say, the 37 uh, more motivating than let's just take the ball at the 40? Like, if it breaks a couple tackles, nice return gets you to the 37? Like, that's what I mean. I take the ball out of the end zone every time I play Madden, even if I don't get to the 25, because I think the chance of breaking one is worth that four yeah. or five yards right so i mean i think there's gonna actually when you say about it i'm actually like, but coaches are very conservative how often do they go for two you well, know how often do they do things like that right so are they really gonna which one is the more risky play probably the kickoff i guess so i was gonna i was gonna bring up the two-point convert for the opposite reason of like the math is out there Derek taylor uh the aforementioned it's like done a lot of math on it like you should be going for two almost every time unless the game script is like specific situation where it's going to bring you maybe within one score late in the game or whatever. Yeah. Like you're more likely to in the long run score more points if you go for two, but hardly any team does it because they annoy the ignore the, the actual statistics behind it and they go for the safe play. I, I wonder if the opposite of like, you should probably take the 40 all the time, but our team's going to be like, no, we've got the best returner in the league because yeah. every team will like, say they have the best returner in the league and we need that spark and we're going to take the kickoff. Because like I think, are you going to really have Janarian Grant sit on your bench except for three minutes left in the second quarter and three minutes left in the fourth quarter? You know what? That's my underrated, maybe my underrated choice for bomber breakout receiver if he's not doing returns this year. Is well, he? he was good in the receiving game, but like I said, are you able to keep him a guy like that if it's like that's the thing too that it it that adds a new wrinkle to this and and like i said i could see it slowly be it's going to be fourth and 15 if you want to keep the ball or 
I didn't mind the XFLs it was they had, where they had that. Um, yeah, the players were ten yards, and I, I mean, I didn't see any numbers, but the little I watched, it seemed okay. And returns were actually good. The one game I watched, I think everyone got up to the 30-35 on an on an American sized field. So, I mean, you got a little bit of return game too. Yeah, and player safety has to be a oh, forefront. Yeah. So, uh, let's keep the players safe. Um, last CFL-related quick note here is we have another guy off to the NFL, Tyreek McAllister, running back, wide receiver, kick returner. We were just talking about returns for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Off to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, with a futures contract there. So uh, exciting to see more guys get a shot. And yeah. you know what? Uh, we'll see how Hamilton fills that void. I kind of threw it out in the Discord today. Adam was asking, where do you think Lucky Whitehead could go? Maybe Hamilton, if they need a return guy slash receiver to fill the role that McAllister played. Uh, I'd like them there. I think that'd be good. And I think that would actually maybe help Bo or whoever's the quarterback. So, Speaking of the NFL, do we want to do we want to do some more uh, NFL picks Let's for do it. Uh, weekend's games? You Let's got do the it. Matchups for us? I do. And we're just picking straight out wins again. I went, what did I do? Four and two last week. Ryan, do you have the numbers or are you just going to plead the fifth? I can't remember what you picked. (laughs) The only one early on that I got right, I think, was Kansas City. And I I switched that after the podcast because I saw what the weather was going to be like. Right. Um, Actually, I think I did go 2-0 on Monday. I think I did take Buffalo to win over because it was Buffalo over yeah. Pittsburgh, and then I think we all took Tampa. To yeah, we all took Tampa because I didn't think we would. You took so the I Rams. Three and three. You took the Rams and the Cowboys. I did. Yes. Ooh, okay. Okay. Rams was close. Rams were. Rams close. was close. That was a good game. Um, that was the only good game, to be honest. It was, but it was the only good game. Like uh, Miami, KC would have been better in better weather, I think. Um. Green, and, I mean, Green Bay-Dallas was a good game just yeah. for the chaos. But. Anyway, we'll get to that because I'm excited. So two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. Unless there's another blizzard in Buffalo. I don't know, maybe they'll move it to Monday. Who knows? But uh, I heard something. They're having trouble practicing this week yeah. because of it. So we'll get to that because that's the last game on Sunday. Houston, CJ Stroud, and the Texans go into Baltimore. 3.30 on Saturday, man. <sighs> I actually – up in I, – I, was thinking Houston for the longest time there. I would take their spread. It's plus like nine last time I saw that, but we're not doing that, but I'm going to have to take Baltimore. I think Lamar is just going to be too much for that defense. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, Stroud, they, they were the ones that knocked off Cleveland this week, past yeah. week, right? Like, uh, yeah. yeah, performed really well against tough defense there. Baltimore's got a real tough defense. I just think Baltimore's offense is a lot better than Cleveland's. So, yeah, yeah, they got a lot of injuries there too, That's though. True. Everyone does this time of year. Everyone does, I guess. Yeah, the Texans do as well. I, I'll <laughs> go Baltimore as well uh, on that one. But it's been fun to watch Stroud oh, yeah. play this year, and I would love to see him continue that run. Oh, for sure, and I think we'll definitely he'll be a player for years to come. Uh, the next game, Saturday night, seven fifteen, Green Bay. The Cheeseheads go to Cali to play the Forty ers Man, this was another. I think this one was six and a half the other day. I saw it. I'm gonna go on a hunt and give me the Wisconsin Cheesehead Packers. I, I Jordan Love just was he had broke a record last week. I thought for most 
four touchdowns and four or however many yards. Like to say that that he did that for Green Bay when they've had Favre and Rodgers, and he's the first to do it. Ooh, yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, give me give me him. Ooh, it's really hard to bet against McCaffrey. It is, but true, right? But you know. San Fran's that team that they get good during the regular season and then something derails them in the playoffs. Like, I know it was Purdy getting hurt last year in the playoffs that killed them. Always something seems to happen to them. So, and Green Bay's hot. Like, oh. Green Bay's exciting. I got to go with Green Bay as well. I think I need to. It was uh, real fun to watch their offense grow the past couple of weeks. Love it. And then we go to Sunday, 2 p.m. Central Time. Oh, Baker Mayfield. (laughs) All I was talking about on Monday is forget the team. The one team I'd want to be a fan for is Tampa Bay. Just because you get to dress up as a pirate and there's a ship shooting off stuff. And there's a lot of Waffle Houses, I hear, in Tampa Bay. But Detroit, man, Eminem was in the – I'd take Eminem over T-Swift any day. Ah, this one's I, – I tough, but I think it's going to be an NFC North conference final, so I have to take Detroit. Can we talk about how crazy it is, like, the list of starting quarterbacks we have at this point oh, yeah. in the playoffs? Like, yes. Mayfield, Goff, Stroud, uh, Love, who else? Is Lamar, uh, Mahomes, and Allen. Yeah, okay, so you got some top ones there. But... Like, you got, yeah, the NFC is the crazy one, I think, because yeah. everyone was down on Love, you know, Kenny Fillin. Uh, Purdy was, like, what, a six-round draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have even started last year. Baker Mayfield, who most of his contract was in incentives making the playoffs in this win. And then, yeah, Jared Goff, who, good quarterback. Like, really good quarterback. I just think he wasn't the guy in L.A., but now he's got pieces around him. So, the NFC. And then, like you said, the other side, you got C.J. Stroud, probably the next superstar, Lamar Jackson, Kansas, uh, Mahomes, and Allen. So, there you got yeah, the... it was pretty, pretty stacked. Pretty stacked. But, uh, yeah, so I took Detroit. What do you got here? Oh, Detroit. They narrowly escaped the Rams this past week. I know, but I don't think they'll do it twice in a row. Maybe. I don't know. I want to take Tampa, but I I also really want Green Bay Detroit. I just think that would be a great uh, NFC final. I'm not confident in either defense (laughs) here, and the offenses both have a lot of good weapons on it. I'm going to go with the Mayfield magic just to differ yeah. from you a little bit because this is a toss-up for me, to be honest. That's fine. I can respect that. I really want to take Tampa, and if any kind of injury comes out, I might switch it. But Because Detroit, uh, I said this last week, and that's why I picked the Rams. They're a team that just like so many times throughout the season is like, okay, you should win this game, and then they lose to like, Chicago or they lose to Green Bay. When Yeah, but that's, divi- that's division rivals, and anything can happen, right? But. I see. What, I see what you're saying, but Tampa too. I nearly snuck. They were hot early, got quiet, and now they got hot again. The last game, though, I see this is a matchup we've seen a few times. Wasn't this the one that had the overtime issue? Kansas City Buffalo. I think so. It caused the whole that teams need to have two each get a possession now in playoffs. So this one will be interesting. Snow warning though. Players can't get the practice. It sounds like. Man, but Kansas City didn't do great in the cold last week either. They did okay, but, you know, ah, this was a tough one. This was like the line was like two and a half, I think, last time I saw it. I think Kansas City was the underdog. Yeah, so I don't know. What Do you have any early thoughts on this one? This, this is one of those matchups where it's like, I wish this could be the Super Bowl, right? And yeah. I, I, 
Like they're all, are, these two teams are going to face each other in the playoffs every year at some point yeah. until Mahomes and Allen retire. This is the new Peyton uh, Manning, Peyton Manning Brady, in the you know in the AFC. It's crazy. Both of these teams are really good teams. Both have good quarterbacks. Both let me down so many times this season. I'm going to go with the Bills. Ever since they fired their offensive coordinator, they've been unreal. Yeah, they have a lot of injuries, too. I'll just throw that in there. They lost a couple guys. Keep Buffalo? Yeah. I think so. It's hard to bet against Mahomes in the playoffs, though. Yeah. So, according to Weather Network, on Sunday, it's a minus 4 with a low of minus 11 Celsius of Buffalo. It isn't too bad. No snow. It's supposed to snow today, tomorrow, or Wednesday, Thursday, whenever this is posted. And it's cloudy Friday, Saturday, and sunny on Sunday. But sunny also, for Canadians, no. Sunny in the winter means it's colder. So, <laughs> so that might not be good. But I will take Buffalo. I got a couple co-worker buddies, big Buffalo fans. So I'll take Buffalo. So but, but if you ever see an over-under on, on Allen interceptions, always oh, take the over. Yeah. Take the over. I did, I, that's, if, he's, if you're going to lose that bet, it's one that you can sleep well on after. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. yeah I'm so, so excited. So excited. Yeah, Good weekend of sports. We've got UFC, got NFL, got horses, got man, everything. Let's go. Hawk, Jets right. are doing good. Who, who would have known the Jets were doing good? <laughs> I didn't know. Mike hasn't been here to tell us. Hi. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Should we wrap it up? I'm good. All right. Let's okay. get into wrapping it up then. Uh, we will, I'm sure we'll have plenty more uh, CFL news coming out over the next couple of weeks. We'll probably be back next week, if not the week after, with another one of these roundtables. Well, more of the CFC Madden cast coming out on our YouTube channel in between as well. Uh, a couple of new CFC UFC episodes up there as well. So if you want to see any of our non-CFL kind of fun content in the offseason, go check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at CF Countdown Pod. Uh, and then we're just getting ready for the big show we announced earlier. It's CFL Free Agent Frenzy 2024, February 13th, 9 to 5, 8 hours of coverage. I've been uh, working hard on rebuilding our free agent tracker that the CFL broke when they switched the stat system. Uh, so that should hopefully be ready to go for then uh, to show on screen. So looking forward to that. Uh, and we'll start uh, doing a bunch of planning for that as well. So we hope you join us on that day. Uh, we'll have a live chat going throughout the day then as well. Um, follow us on social media, uh, to see everything else we've got going on, uh, which I will pull up on the screen. Oh, where did Trey go? There we go. Hang on. This is what I want. That's what I want. There There we go. go. Uh, follow us on social media as well on X at CF countdown pod. I'm there at Cooper trooper 42. Uh, mostly having fun tweeting out cryptic things that led to this announcement of our free agent frenzy show. Uh, Mike's at Mike Garrell. Adam's at Adam Stewart one. Trey, what do you all have going on right now? You can find me at Trey hardest link on the X. I got uh, horse, horsey stuff, always horsey stuff, love horsey stuff and UFC stuff. You want to check out a UFC podcast. I posted picks for this weekend. Uh, it's in Canada. It's in Toronto. So we got eight Canadian fighters. 
Yeah, eight. And last time it was in Canada, Vancouver, every Canadian fighter won. So, uh, yeah. Five and zero last week for you, right? Five and zero on the main card. Yeah, nine and two overall. So I put that on the line. I'll I'll, I'll give you a little uh, Canadian football countdown insider. I took every Canadian, so nice. <laughs> that's yeah. what I definitely did. Because like again, I could sleep easy if they and actually all but one were the favorites. Hmm. So yeah, Canada shows up well. I'm really excited. I really was hoping that I'm waiting still for my wife to give me like an early Valentine's Day present, and I'm going to it. But I mean. I don't that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, pretty expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, there was a fight night just in Winnipeg, and it was like $300 to sit in the upper deck. Oh, jeez. So it's like, yeah. So I can imagine these pay-per-view events are not easy. Yeah, probably not. Uh, follow us uh, on Twitter and Facebook at CF Countdown Pod on both of those. Check out the Canadian Football Podcast Network at CF Pod Network on Twitter. Also, check out the Alternative Football Network at the official AFN on Twitter or alternativefootballnetwork.com. I believe the UFL dispersal draft just took place this a uh, couple of days ago, so there's been a lot of cool content around that. Uh, people breaking that down with their various shows. So check that all out as can I, well. Can I, can I tease one more thing? Before we yeah, go? always. Just tease uh, CF Countdown TikTok coming soon. There we go. So keep an eye on the Discord or the podcast if you want to see our TikTok account. Yeah, that one's all Trey. I've never used TikTok. So Trey I have... sends me these things and I'm like, I think these are cool. Like, I don't know what this is, but... <laughs> yeah. My, my horsey TikTok is so much fun, so I'm going to have fun with the CF countdown one. Uh, I, I've been called, well, mostly by myself many times, a Stone Age millennial. So, you know, I'm not the I'm not with the times with the newer social media. <laughs> it's too much fun, man. You, you, at least you're not my wife, man. Every time she listens to me, because you got to play it like a thousand times while you're editing it. So she's heard what it is. <laughs> and let it go, want to see my TikTok? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so. It's good that you get to send your cryptic uh, tweets. I get to make TikTok. Let's go. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, check out the discord community as well. If you want to know when we start the TikTok, when you, if you want to get uh, more chats with us going on there, uh, as we talk through any of the CFL news, as it comes out uh, in the CFL channel, there, NFL talk, as well as the games go on all that fun stuff, free to join link in the episode description uh whatever podcast platform you're listening on we appreciate if you do all the fun things such as like comment subscribe rate review share the show with your friends help us grow the show we always appreciate that on behalf of trey i'm ryan saying thank you for listening take care have a good one bye